my fellow Americans, it is time to take our freedom back. at it we're back welcome everybody hey 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 yeah that was cool i just had a moment watching that like man we've been going out a little while like that was a show you know that's on the intro that was a little while ago like man what did we talk about then <laughs> i know covering a lot time just flies when you're having fun that's right good that's to see right. you guys yeah, yeah you do. too good thanksgiving oh yeah it was great yeah thank you oh, much I did no. We uh, we actually did less on Thanksgiving than we do on a normal day because we did all our Thanksgiving stuff. Had a couple of them that were early, and um, so we just basically enjoyed a non-stressful uh, day with a few friends and nice. nothing too crazy. Which it was nice though. But we did get together for with both families previous to that. Oh, nice. So, yeah. so the actual day was more chill then. But yes. you had two before. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty nice, just not having to stress. Which I love Thanksgiving and and uh, getting together with family. But uh, it was nice to uh, just not be under the stress. It was a long week, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it usually is kind of hectic. Man, is it busy I, for you this time of year in the store? Um, you like know, it's extra busy like Black Friday stuff. Or you don't probably don't even participate. That doesn't in that. really yeah. matter. I mean, it's a week yeah. to week. It was yeah. just a longer week than normal. You never know for sure. I mean, we definitely have busy seasons, but right now. Um, you know, it could be hit or miss, but um, that it was definitely a busy week last week. So yeah. I was ready for an extra day off work <laughs> and not have to stress on stuff. Well, listen, listen to this day. So I got up that day, rode a horse, and we went out and shot guns and then played a little cornhole and then ate till we couldn't anymore and then watched ep- episode of Yellowstone that we had taped from. I mean, that's pretty much a – that's perfect – yeah. Perfect day. Yeah, that's so, living in rough right, right there. I don't know how you made it through that day, Woody. You might need to recoup. Hey, I, I love Yellowstone, but did you notice in Yellowstone that the militia guys were the bad guys? Oh, I know. God, you know, yeah, I'm just saying. It's like they're, they're like these. Well, they're white supremacists. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, it's just every single. I was like, man, I love this show. But I was like, why does every single show, the, the militia guys are always like these inbred, white, trailer trash, freaking tatted down. <laughs> Straight freaking, out of prison. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're always, like super angry too i know it's like not true and i've met militia guys from all over the country and i've literally never met a white supremacist (laughs) militia member but i don't know that's part of the media's perception well it's funny it's on purpose oh it is on purpose yeah and i think i don't know where that as soon as that spawned though you know it's funny to watch it when i think back to different stuff that's come out like tv shows or hollywood and then it becomes the norm of thinking when it becomes that viral effect or real popular right. it's just inaccurate but then everybody just keeps perpetuating it because they it just kind of sinks to the back of the mind especially something like that because they're not going i'm going to investigate the militia and see if they're really angry oh, yeah. white supremacists no one ever thinks about it again then they just oh we'll just use them as that role again and it's like man oh, it's not yeah. true yeah <laughs> media can make anybody look bad and they don't even have to have facts on their side they just keep repeating the same stuff over and keep the same character assassinations and social engineering towards a certain group or a certain person, you know, and I brought it up before, but you know, uh, Ron Paul, I was, you know, big supporter of him. 
And I mean, I was even talking to friends. They're like, oh, and the media just made him look bad. You know, they just showed little snippets of him where he was like, right. just like little parts of it where it seemed like they just made him look like this old, angry, grouchy old man who just hated everything. And I mean, he'd be up there talking one time when he was uh, even live on Fox. He was he was during the debates. He said something and the crowd went wild and they they dubbed in booze. Boo! Like everybody hated what he said when they were going wild in the crowd. Right, and yeah. they, I mean, it's just the, it's, well, the, that's what they do to us too. They pull like one quote and make you, you know, the the smear campaign over there, way on the left, you know, against the blueprint. You can make anybody look really good or really bad, you yeah, know, by yeah. if you just putting take your snippets. own spin on it. Yep, yeah. Yep. And they do that with pastors a lot too. It's like, well, man, that, he's not a bad guy. He did say that one portion. If you don't have the context of why he said that, then it looks exactly. terrible. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that with anything. Yeah, for sure. Well, so as many of you that listen enough to all of us, I, I love reading and I'm always in books. And I and I brought this to the guys and they thought it'd be a good subject line to kind of dive into. I think it's super pertinent to, um, to a lot of what's going on right here in California, where we see um, a lot of people losing hope in the state or their city or some in Shasta County. And, you know, this isn't a judgment thing to say, talk about the moving or not moving and all that, but it is interesting when you start peeling back the onion a little bit. So this, this quote is from the book Gates of Fire, written by Stephen Pressfield, who he was, he's an interesting author. He's written quite a few books, but he was also in the Marine Corps and, and other stuff. And it Gates of Fire is about Battle of Thermopylae. So um, that's kind of the setup. And this is uh, one of the, he's not a, a Spartan, and he's not from that land, but he's a Greek, and he's a mentor to a, the main character in the book. And the main character in the book had just went through something really rough and was kind of being hard on himself for his age, and kind of so he was down on himself. So his mentor says this to him, Listen to me, boy. Only gods and heroes can be brave in isolation. Because this kid had been, let me back up again and I'll start it, because the kid had been, he lost his parents. His, his village and city got raided and his parents were killed. So he's now in isolation with this mentor who's actually a servant to his family. And they're living in the hills. And the mentor says, listen to me, boy, only gods and heroes can be brave in isolation. A man may call upon courage only one way, in the ranks of his brothers in arms, the line of his tribe and his city. A man without a city is not a man. He is a shadow, a shell, a joke, a mockery. No one may expect valor from one cast out and alone. And I just thought that was very interesting in a time where if you're losing hope for your city or your, your geographical area. And then I thought to myself, man, yeah, I had a lot of pride in my, my hometown. I think most boys, men growing up, take a lot of pride. And that's where I came from. That's a village that's raised me. That's the culture I believe in. Or they don't like it and they move somewhere where they can attach to that. So it's an interesting one to kind of dive into and go, wait, wait a second, what is this city thing and where I'm from and, from and taking pride in it? And it's different than when you say, hey, I'm just a wanderer. You know, and even if we look at it from a promised land perspective, right? One of the biggest blessings God gave the Israelites was a land that they could go settle, no longer wander. So in this time of all this turmoil where we have tyrants pushing and putting all these pressures, I think it's pretty important to anchor into a land that you can believe in and want to fight for and then have brothers that want to stand in arms with you. 
Yeah, so what do you guys think about that? What comes to mind? Well, the, the first time I had that feeling, <clears throat> a little bit of isolationism is is um, during the early stages of Obama's presidency. That was when the first time I felt like some kind of some hopelessness as far as they were really starting to push socialism, the uh, socialized medicine. And I, you know, if you know anything about socialist countries, that's a lot oftentimes where they start once they control the medical they control everything after that, you know. So we, so I, as I would have conversations throughout the day, everybody was just kind of had this pent up, these feeling, yeah. and I would keep track of guys that came through the shop, you know, like, man, this guy seems more than just a blowhard. Everybody, there's tons of those, but this guy seems like a guy that actually wants to put some action steps, you know, get some. What are we going to do here? We got to do something besides complain. And I just made a list of them, and um, we had about 12 of us get together in my barn, start having some meetings, and it just kind of built from there and took off, became the community watch and the militia. We started getting involved in all the other patriot groups, the Tea Party and stuff that was around too. Yeah. And, um, and there's something about having guys that you're and gals that you're working towards a common goal with kind of like i mean it is the fight that's yeah. the fight we're in right yeah. we're working towards these goals it's been the recall lately that you build a special kind of relationship with those yeah people like i've only known you guys for a year and a half and i'm closer with you than people i've known 20 years you know just because we've had this right. this bond that's forged so imagine actual battle the kind of bonds you would you would forge with oh, guy, the guy right next to you yeah what yeah. do you think john <clears throat> You know, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I don't really go through these mental battles. I mean, I have a day every once in a while where I'm tired, but um, I don't know. I've I've been researching this stuff so long that it's I'm kind of I'm not going to say I'm numb to it. It's just none of it really affects me on a psychological level. I, I feel like we're winning. I'm optimistic. I feel that way every single day. I feel like the entire house of cards is is crumbling. Um, Back in about 2005, I did hit kind of rock bottom mentally where I kind of gave up on humanity and I thought that the globalists were going to win. And I hit that, you know, back then. So it's it's been a long time. You know, we're talking 16 years since I've felt like, oh, we're going to lose. And, you know, a, a lot of it came down for me was just where I, I you know, I'm, I'm a, my spirit's alive and my soul's alive and it's going to be around, you know, forever. So. You know, I feel like if someone murdered me, you know, today, it sucks. My, I, I'm somewhat fearful for, you know, what's going to happen to my family. But if you believe in something beyond this, this shell, you know, this rental car that we got right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I look at things. So I don't go through a lot of struggles uh, mentally when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think we're winning. I think we're going to win. And even if we lose, you know, we're out of battle for our souls and we're going to win this, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in that quote, why that line jumped out on in that book was because of saying like, you're not a man without a city. You're not a man without a, a land that you care, care enough to fight for. And just thinking, man, I never looked at it from that angle, but that is massively important. Like, I love Palisadro. Like don't come mess with Palisadro. I've had several conversations lately with guys that are like, yeah, it is an amazing spot. You know, and I know you guys feel the same probably about your area if it's a pocket i don't know exactly where you are but i know you feel that way about cottonwood and that was probably 
a large conversation with the 12 men that you got together. That's why we all got together. We said, Shasta County's worth it. What the heck's going on here? So it does. It invokes something inside you when, you're, when your land is actually worth fighting for and you're not just going to, you know, be a wanderer when you're, when you're set and you're going to do that. And um, so that's, that was fascinating to me. And that was deep in Greek culture because back then, you know, you'd just be, then you would be a nomad. If you didn't care enough to fight for your village, then you're just going to get pushed out, which is what I see some of that going on in California now where good patriots are just getting pushed out. It's like, man, I don't, you know, I, of course I'm never going to judge them or condemn them. I'd always support them, but still at the same time, it's like, man, what are we doing? We can't do that. You're, and you are going to lose a certain part of who you are because you're going to have to go reestablish that. You're now wandering a little bit, unless it's a back to your hometown or something. You got a bunch of family and you're already established. But that's kind of what makes it worthwhile for me in Palo Cedro, 100%. It's like I know my neighbors. I know the different men that live there, the kids, the families, the all that, the different businesses. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'll step up for you guys. I love it here. You know, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I so, mean, I love the lakes and the mountains and the creeks and the rivers and the people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel so blessed every day to be around so many patriots. And I don't even like leaving this pocket since all this, you know, stuff's been going on. I love my home even more, you know, and yeah. I go other places. And I know there's other places that are patriotic for sure. But as far as California goes and the, the beauty that we have here, I mean, like this is, there's something magical yeah. about this place and i know there's a lot of magical places but to me this is this is where i want to be yeah and i'd way rather stay and fight than you know all the way to the end than try to go anywhere and with my tail between my legs and no disrespect against anybody else that's thinking that way i don't blame you at all you know and i'm really well established here too you know so it's hard for me to just i can't just pack my bags up and leave right and i don't want to you know yeah yeah well, and that <clears throat> the isolation part, the the because I've met a lot of guys that are like survivalists, and they'll say, "Well, things hit the fan, you know. I've got my stuff stowed. I got a place to go." And it's like, man, how miserable would that be, though? If you truly were the kind of guy that, first of all, you got to sleep sometime. You know right. what I mean? You need you need other people, and I mean, we're relational. Mm-hmm as humans that's how god made us you know so mm-hmm. for you just to like think you're going to go climb to the top of mount shasta and sit up there and <laughs> with all your all your rice and beans and you're going to be just fine that's not a realistic right approach. yeah that, that would be like hell in a way you know being all by yourself like that well solitary confinement right i mean that's what they do that's yeah. a punishment exactly so uh, you know in these times don't set yourself up for a punishment and now's the time to which was the other half of what we wanted to talk about was that common ground piece where what do we have in common you know and it starts small and usually you find more and more or you accept the other stuff because the core things that are in common you know love for this country or this county or other thing you can put aside other you know disagreements and in that when you're standing with your brother and ar- brothers in arms they won't want that they want you to think you're by yourself and your beliefs and everything else to the divide and conquer. It's very simple. So in a time where, you know, patriots want to rise and do all these things, get activated, it's just as important to find the common ground and build relationship and stay united, if not more important, than let us squabble over little stuff, you know? And I think that there's been so much pressure. It is kind of just focusing in that, that uh, attention on the more core things, which is good. We have to keep that refreshed. Because now they have, you know, 
the next variant coming or, you know, more shutdowns and it's never going to end it's until, never we, gonna until end we just, now. I've been saying that since the beginning of this yeah. in the first 15 days, it's like, this is never going to end because no. there's an agenda behind it. And you look at the money, you follow the money, you see who gave who money and, and the different people that are supposed to regulate these giant pharmaceutical companies are the ones that, you know, they, they were the lawyer for the pharmaceutical company, but now they're the, you know, working for the FDA, you know, and regulating and setting parameters and, and guidelines for the usage of the people they were lobbying for, you know, and it's just, there, there's such a conflict of interest and, you know, you start to dissect this stuff and, and it's, it's, I think that at this point, no matter when you figured it out at this point, you probably, you know, you don't have a lot of critical thinking skills if you can't see there's an agenda behind this, you know, because it's, I mean, if you can't remember what they said a couple months ago, I mean, they just constant lie after lie after lie after lie. And now they've got this Omicron. You know, one thing to think about is how how do they test for the Delta variant? I'm just saying, how, same way. how, how do it's they the test, test for the Omicron? That's what I'm saying. So yeah. if they have the same test, that's a it doesn't come back. It's like a, a pregnancy test. It doesn't tell it tells you you're pregnant or you're not pregnant. Okay. So it's testing for these certain signs that your 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 you know these exosomes that your cells you know put out depending on the test, but it's not there. There is no test for the Delta variant. There is no test for the Omicron variant. That's what I'm saying. So now we've got this boogeyman oh, that yeah. we don't even have a test for. That even the guy who supposedly discovered it in Africa, he's saying that it's very mild. mild you mild. know, I read that. Yeah. But and then we got other people in. <clears throat> governments coming out and saying you know this is this is really uh this could be as bad as ebola and it's a hundred times more contagious than the delta and and you know it's just like where do they come up with this stuff yeah oh we're gonna don't worry though we're gonna have another vaccine yeah. uh you know ready within a hundred days when they've never been able to make a vaccine that works on a coronavirus because of mutations and they're saying this thing mutates I don't. I think it was thirty times faster, or whatever the crazy number. I'm not sure if it's exact that number, but it mutates faster. It's highly more contagious. Could be as bad as Ebola. I mean, all this stuff without. There's nothing to back it up, but they say it, and and they don't even have a test for it. But we're just supposed to sit here and be scared. And okay, now now they they needed a way to distract from all the people that are going to be injured and dying from. The previous vaccines you know and, and so now that now now that their vaccines don't work they're going to tell you oh well you have to get we have to make a new vaccine and you're going to have to get take more vaccines because of this new variant and then guess what they can make this new vaccine you could take the new vaccine and they're going to come out with another variant and another vaccine it's never yeah. it's never it's going to end but man if it divides us then they'll really have us well, and it, it has, I mean, it's big time division now, you know, there's cities where you can't literally can't go into a store or right. anything without your right. vaccine passport. And, and, but I, I really, I feel like the tide's turning on them. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing like, uh, one of my friends works at a big insurance company and, uh, she was, she was telling me today, cause at first it was like all these, you don't get it by this date, it's curtains for you, you know, mm -hmm. and then they moved it and then, well, you know what? We think we're going to go ahead and accept religious exemptions because they were realizing, holy crap, we're short staffed as it is. We're way, way short handed. Now they're now we're going to get rid of all some of our best employees, you know, 
they realize and they just can't make it happen. They thought right. they could pressure these people using fear tactics. And the people that are going to get vaccinated, they've gotten vaccinated. So yeah. we're to this point now where the people that have held the line now have realized they can't make me do anything. Right. You know, and I, I really feel like we're starting to get traction now. We're starting mm -hmm. to win in court. And yeah. um, and these, some people getting their jobs back. I saw that yeah. Mercy hired yeah. people back that, that fired them. You, yeah. How you know, about that? Yeah. That's yeah. that's huge. And it's big. I know a friend of mine who worked for this big company and they told them, they said, hey, you got to get your vax. They gave them like a week. They said, you got to get, they sent out an email and said, you got to get vaxxed. Like, and it was like a week amount of time. And he said, shove it. You can take your job and shove it up your, you know, where. And they're like, okay, well, you could just get tested twice a week. And he goes, screw you. I'm not going to get nose hard. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and, uh, he, <laughs> they come back and say, okay, well, don't worry about it. You're all right. And they, he's a manager, you know, in a management position. And they were, and I think they had a lot of pushback. There were a big company who had over a hundred yeah. employees or whatever. And, you know, at different locations around the United States, but he just flat out told them totally no. And a bunch of people said no. And I think that we have a lot more people that are saying no. And a lot more people that are not vaccinated than we think in the numbers we're seeing, because I mean, look at everything we we're shown in the mainstream media, not everything, but I mean, uh, there's a large majority of it that are lies over and over, especially when it comes to polls. And I mean, look at when Donald Trump got elected in 90 oh, yeah. in uh, 2016, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2016, you know, they, they, they came out and oh, 99% sure, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to win. Then they're like, well, 93%. Then they go, not 86%. 80, you know what I mean? They went from 99%. Oh, yeah. And what they try to do is create this illusion that, you're going to lose no matter what. So what are you going to do if you're in a basketball game and it's 120 points to 40 points and you're in the fourth quarter and you got, you know, five minutes left or something like that, you know, mathematically it's impossible to, to win. You know that. And that's what they try to create the illusion through controlling social media, through the movies, through, uh, uh, through the schools, you know, they try to create this, a, a illusion that that one side they try to silence one side and then on the other side they boost them up and and prop them up and and just keep telling you this is how everybody thinks this is how yeah. everybody thinks yeah and so i don't believe they're any of their percentages i think there's way more of us that are resisting this and then i think you have a factor of actually um a lot of people that say they got vaccinated that got a fake one or a fat, you know what I mean? That oh, are yeah. boosting those numbers up. Cause how many of these, you know, movie stars and, and, uh, uh, professional athletes, you know, just paid someone to get a fake vaccine or whatever, you know, and, you know, well, and I think, I think too, a big one with that, that I want to call out right now in the common ground piece is I would say the most majority are for choice, whether they choose the vax or not believe, what this guy believes or that report or the science over here, the science over there. Cause that's where we get caught divided, right? Cause we're saying, well, I disagree with you about the vax. So now I'm going to create distance and we're not going to be united or as close to friends or I can't see you as much. And it's like, wait a second though. Does that person like you brought up once, what do you, you know, a few weeks ago, they support choice. Yep. And I would say 90% of this nation supports choice. I, I know and, a lot and they of want the choice to say no, and they want to say the, the choice to say yes, and they can see if they really wanted the vaccine. Well, it's a good thing it's not mandated. I can't get it, right? So I think we can get 90%. 
but that's not being polled, right? Because that would be very unifying. If oh, yeah. we said, oh yeah, 90% of the nation is for choice. Well, now that's a good one. But instead we're distracted on those other components and they're worth looking at. But the key piece to me is, hey, we all need to be on the same page here. You wanted your vaccine. I'm going to support that because that's the American way. It was available and you wanted it. I can't tell you not to. You know, there's reasons where I would highly advise against it, but that's my personal opinion. You're in your conscience. You're consciously going with it. I'm conscientiously objecting. And that's what America stands for. So that means like as far as the vaccine, right, we can use that as a unifying tool instead of letting them use it as a divider. Yeah, and I and I think you're right. I think that is some common ground because I have I have yet to meet a vaccinated person that has said, "Yeah, I'm vaccinated, and I think everybody should have to get vaccinated." That's I've never heard anyone that's say true. that. It's super low number, and that's a key piece. But you but know? here's here breaking news from mainstream media. <laughs> breaking news: We have new information that most Americans <clears throat> agree with mandated vaccines. Right. Right, which I'm is such saying, an arbitrary, stupid. But they won't thing show you say, any right? polls. Like, they won't yeah, show exactly. any data. They just come out and say most Americans think like this, and they'll right, say yeah. it. A, and when they well, say it enough, then people start believing it. And I don't think it's true. Well, and I think it's the same way with race. Yeah, it's the same way with uh, the social classes, as far as the rich versus the poor. I mean, um, and the rich versus the middle class. They try and pit everybody against you, but really, as middle class guys. For the most part, in the ones that I talk to, they know, hey, you need rich people. Who who are the job creators? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. And so they don't look at them like. I mean, for me personally, a guy that's had success in business, I I admire him. You right. know, unless they killed, robbed, or, you know. I mean, if they were ethical and they got out there and yeah. I don't hold it against them. Mm. Same way with races. I mean, I got friends of every race. I I, I think. What you said about 90% of us feeling the same way about a lot of things is really, really true. Even if you agree to disagree on some topics, most people love America. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to recent immigrants, man, they, they'll they'll tell you it's, I mean, they couldn't wait to get here and they love it now that they are, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just this small percentage over there yep. in the media and the media fosters it. Yeah. And then we got some extremists in politics that that push that division, and there has to come a point where where we we can all unite and realize that hey we can we can disagree on a lot of topics, but we're not going to let them right. say that we hate each other over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I don't hate you if you're from some other race, or I don't hate you because you're vaccinated, or all these ways they're dividing us. They, they're they're really playing it up, but there comes a point we got to just get together and not fall for that anymore. Well, they're pushing us together. I had to, uh, a while back, I had this picture of, a, you, you know how you make coffee in a French press, you know? Oh, yeah. And we were all kind of just floating around doing our thing. And all these tyrants are just pushing us all together. Maybe 10% <laughs> squirts back out to the top. You get a few grounds, yeah. you know? But the rest of us are down here in the bottom about ready to blow this container apart. You know, because we're getting, we got forced next to each other. We got forced shoulder to shoulder. And then we're like, oh, there's a bunch of cool patriots around here. Man, and I'm claustrophobic too. I don't don't like getting squeezed. Yeah, and they're squeezing. They are squeezing. They're squeezing. And then we're new to the game because this wasn't a, this wasn't a a kitchen table conversation of how are you going to beat back tyrants? Where are you going to, you know, 
exercise your civic duty, if that's the word for it, where you're going to be involved in a school board or a grand jury or this or that. That wasn't just wasn't part of how I was raised. Yeah. But now it has to be. I see that. Or you end up, it's not necessarily that, you know, good men were doing nothing. We were all out there working and doing our thing, but we weren't plugged in, you know, very intentionally into these places where we can keep uphold the freedom of choice, let's say, for vaccine. Now we have Newsom and his cronies and that he put into the OSHA board that are going to pass things like universal mandates under a temporary emergency standard that, that's that's wrong. But we've all not looked at, man, I need to kind of go for that board way over there because it sucks. It's not fun, no. but it's an unselfish move standing shoulder to shoulder with your brother to maintain what our land is, what our city is, what our way of life is, and it's worthy. It is. So, and er everywhere I go to, I was on a radio show Sunday morning, and they were talking about get involved locally, get on these school boards. Get, yep. They were pushing the same thing. I went home from there. I was eating lunch, and I had it on a news show of Sebastian Gorka, and he was talking. He had several people that were getting involved in their local yep. politics that had never considered it before, but mm -hmm. just realized, hey, man. And you don't even you have to hold get, the line here, you know, by percentage. Those are small amount of seats. Oh, yeah. You know, it also just letters, phone calls, emails, staying Fin on top of if, financial support for those guys that are financial, running, financial kind of guy. You yeah, know? Huge, that's huge. But then, you know, just also a lot of business owners may not know the perspective. They may not understand the OSHA regulation or they may not understand they might lose your business by following it or not following it or whatever you wherever you stand. But I think most of us are saying that's not freedom. You shouldn't shut down. Well, there could have been businesses that shut down and none of their customers called them. You know, that's just as important. You know, go stand shoulder to shoulder with that business that you're pissed that they're doing whatever or don't think it's right or, you know, or the employee that's having to do, you know, I'm like, dude, I asked one guy and I said, I'm, I'm not going to give you legal advice, but is that in your job description to start testing your, your uh, you know, coworkers for COVID? I'm pretty sure that's not like... Maybe you should think about drawing a line there because you could be on the hook for a wrong, a faulty test. You didn't administer it correctly. You didn't handle it correctly. Like if it's a liability chain, just think one step further and, and fight. And st I stood shoulder to shoulder with that guy, you know, and it's small little it's because a lot of times you feel ineffective, you know. Or if HIPAA ever comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Remember HIPAA? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a real thing. That's a, that's a huge thing. $75,000 fine for refusing service to someone who's disabled or somebody who has a medical, um, you know, type issue. Oh, yeah. Well, and then so, storing that information, medical documents. How that they, used to be a massive security thing because that can be, you know, that, yeah, it's supposed to be by so, law. We had to be trained in it in the fire department, how we wrote, wrote reports, where we kept the documents, all that stuff. So it's a big one. I don't know how... That's what I said to the OSHA guy. I said, well, what about the HIPAA violation? Well, yeah, I can't ask about that. So here we are again. People so, so, are making moves and they, they, they can't even get regulated. <laughs> the guys can't even ask about it. No. <laughs> Somebody came in the shop the other day and he's like, he's like, you guys are all vaccinated, right? Because none of us are wearing masks. And, uh, and my, my friend, I'm not going to name him by name, but he works for me. And he goes, you know, sir, he goes, that is private information. And I just, I just, and he goes, oh, and he was like, and it was just, yeah. it was really funny the way he answered it. He says, he just, you know, he goes, that is, <laughs> sir, that is private information. Yeah, and I just is, laughed though. and I was like, you know what? You're right, man. I mean, where do we get around? You know, oh, like yeah. 
I don't know. I guess he just assumed we were all vaccinated and thought we'd be like, oh, yeah, but, I mean, you know, it is private information. Yeah. And it's a personal choice, yeah, you know, totally. whether you want to or not. And we are talking about 90% of the people, you know, getting, uh, you know, along on a lot of the issues. And I think that even um, we would agree on, on the goal, maybe not the path to get there, but I think about a lot of the stuff that we disagree on, we would just disagree on how do we get here? Right. You know what I mean? And, and there's no perfect system. So it's hard to say like, this is the only way. And I know how I think, but man, I think that, uh, you guys are spot on when you're saying most people would agree on most issues and, you know, and, and the differences we have would be more along the lines of how do we get there to the same goal than it would be completely disagreeing to what we would like to see in no, the that's future. A good point. You know? Yeah. You're, we're all solid and in agreement on the end result. Then we're squabbling about how we're going to get there when probably no one would have the perfect solution to get there. You got to be flexy and get there. There is that's no, the point. Like, there is no perfect system. Like they, they want to take away all our guns because of school shootings. Well, nope. Just because I want to own a gun still doesn't mean I'm, you know, want school shooting. That's a lot. No, let's regulate that. But let's talk about not just the gun component of that, the mental health issues, the different influences that are going on, the bullying, all those other factors you could go on and on. But you can't focus on just one over here and think that that's going to get you to this goal. It's just not how life works. Nothing I've done yet. You know, it's like, you know, you're going to figure out different, take your lumps to get there. So, but man, they like, they like to have it not that way and us just squabbling and, you know, the enemy, the devil wants that the most, that chaotic component and just squabbling. They're trying to create a civil war. They, they are, are. they're, they're pushing for it. They, every statistic shows that you're much more likely to get killed with a hammer or fist, get beat to death than shot. They know all that. Oh yeah. Just like look at in Wisconsin the other day, that guy just took a car into a parade, ran over a bunch of people. It wasn't him. It was the car. Exactly. Nobody said that. And he was, you hear that from any mainstream media. We really got to start regulating these cars. Yeah. I mean, nobody says stuff like that. They're already pretty dang regulated. How would you Uh, regulate them more? (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Well, no, but the, the, the people that are going after the guns, they, they know all that. Mm-hmm. They do. Now, there's only one reason the government wouldn't want us to have guns, and that's the very reason that the founders put it in the put Bill it of in Rights. There. And now there is a percentage of people that buy that media story about the guns, and, mm-hmm. and you know, they call, I mean, they call those people useful idiots, people at the top. They need those people to vote and to, you know, go along and spew their, yeah. probably some of them are even in the media, you know, that yeah. actually... Yeah. Uh, throw that stuff out there but talk about john said earlier you know you you can't be a very critical thinker if you fall fall for some of this stuff yeah. you know the, the information's out there go to the fbi you can look at the statistics on shootings like they always make it seem like every one of a man a guy with an ar-15 you know comes well, in it was and always white with two percent it has to be the story otherwise well it or else work. they just sweep it under the rug <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah. we just we just had a black kid in in uh, dallas shoot five people in a school they let him out the next day he was out he's out on bill wow that's I mean, crazy no one you, do you that. know his name no no you don't you yeah. don't know his name you yeah. know so it's a it's a totally a narrative they're pushing that yeah. we can't we can't uh people just can't keep falling for it you just right. gotta you know we gotta hold these media outlets accountable and that's why i hope a guy like rittenhouse that that got they tried to destroy his life. You know, I hope he 
I mean, how many times can CNN get sued and still stay on their feet? Because they don't make money. Nobody watches it. Yeah, they so, get a lot of government money. Well, so that's, that's what's crazy. Like, okay, so we know how to fight all these other things, but these private companies, that media one, we haven't really. I just that just dawned on me when you were saying that. Like, how do we beat them back other than kill their ratings? You know, but at this point, they're in such line with globalist stuff. They're probably going to get back end funded to the point where they're. We're that's just going to have thing. to ignore them at such a high level. Yeah, that's yeah. the only thing saving them right now, I think, is is funding. It's, because they're not making money on their shows. Yeah, it's, nobody it's just like um, yeah. conservative talk radio is super successful. And, you know, I don't care what political spectrum you're on, but it's just that's a fact. Look, a yeah. conservative talk show is way more popular. Right. I mean, you look at like Rush Limbaugh or, you know, Glenn Beck was big at one time and he's making a resurgence. And you look at Bongino. people like Dan Bongino, you've got uh, Sean Hannity, you've got, you know, these big, I mean, those shows are like way bigger than any of the liberal talking shows. Who is a liberal talking talk shows. show? Yeah, I can't even think of one, really. I, yeah, well, but, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, does Oprah have one or something? I don't know. <laughs> I think they called it the unfair something unfair practices act i don't remember but they made it to where like they're like only so many people are listening to us on this one so they get all this massive taxpayer funded money to boost up their programs because they say it's not fair that they're fairness oh, doctrine gosh. fairness doctrine or something is what it, they it's said. been a while since i researched that stuff but they i mean a lot a lot of these uh talk shows and news agencies are they're totally failures i mean they they would be if it was a true free market and they weren't getting government subsidies they would be done and gone Mm -hmm. i mean they they would have just been blown away in the wind yeah that's an interesting one yeah i didn't i've never researched that but i always wondered if the radio the conservative radio aspect was because it's mostly conservatives that are actually driving to work with their radio on i don't, I don't know i'm just throwing that yeah out they have to do other things rather than sit and watch a show <laughs> yeah. have so you guys seen- listening to it well yeah that's my buddy brent you know he's driving the garbage truck he's probably gonna listen to this and he'll, he'll be like oh yeah i want to get on that show too I, I know brent we're gonna get you in here but he's always listening to a bunch of podcasts yeah you know and he's you know where's the shirt zero percent liberal <laughs> yeah I like so, it. yeah what'd you but, say john that Oh, go, go, go ahead. I was looking something up. Well, I was going to route back to just that thing about, you know, a, you're just a boy. And, and, and what was the what was the quote exactly? It, it's it's really good when you don't have a city. You know, it goes in. He, he says, um, a man without a city is not a man. He's a shadow, a shell, a joke, a mockery. I mean, that's pretty powerful. I know it's a novel. That's the one way of looking at it. But when I think about it with my son... I'm always telling them to do what's right for your neighbor. Pick up the trash on the side of the road. You know, take care of your land, your city, your community. Well, that's our friend when we go see them at the store, which means you look them in the eye, you say, hi, how are you? And you're all kind of united together as a community. Yeah. So that's interesting because you just kind of think of it as part of it, you know, but man, when, when how does that get interrupted really badly is that lockdown effect. Right now you're in isolation. Now suddenly you can't stand shoulder to shoulder. You're not seeing your community, the other people that are stewarding the land. And you're like going, oh, shoot, you know, and depression sets in like hard on all these people. Right. Well, that's what's happened. Yeah. The last year and a half, it's anxiety and depression through the roof, through the roof. So you wonder, man, are the pharmaceuticals making more off vaccines or anxiety meds? Because they're they're killing both both ends, both ends. But the yeah, vaccine profits are insane yeah you know in those numbers that tells its own story as well 
the biggest anti-American, anti-human slave labor uh, companies are are the ones that are making all the money. The yeah. pharmaceutical industries, the big box stores, big tech, the worst people that are the people who are pulling all the strings. That I mean, these guys own part of the pharmaceutical companies that are making, you know, they're, they're owning, uh, you know, the Amazons and, and the home depots and the Walmarts and, uh, uh, every big company is just getting bigger and the middle class is getting completely wiped out. Yeah. It's harder to run a a smaller, I mean, even in the gym industry, you know, they're, they're supported with this huge web so they can run rates because it's a volume game. So, you know, and I'm out in Palisadro and people like they hear my rates. Oh man. It's like, well, dude, what do you think it takes to run something equivalent to what you want to go see that these meccas, oh, yeah. you know, and they have 10,000 people that are signed up and they see about the same numbers as I see statistically. But it's like they don't even want their people there. It's a money-making machine, you know. So it's just you're right. The, the bigger companies are making it harder and harder on the smaller guy. And it takes a lot of momentum. You know, it takes a long time to build up that momentum to get your business thriving. You know, it mm-hmm. takes years. You're just, years. you're trying to build, 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 and then boom. And then all of a sudden, you all that momentum just stops. And yeah. it's almost like if you're going to shut down for a month or two, I mean, you're starting over from scratch. I mean, you'll have a few people coming back, but I mean, seriously, how oh, long yeah. would it take well, you if, say, you had 100 people and then you shut down for a couple months and then you open back up and maybe you got 10 people and you're trying to, like, get to where you break even again? Yeah. Well, you it know? doesn't take long to change change your behavior. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that got in the habit over the last year and a half, or especially when the lockdowns were into ordering everything online, mm-hmm. even your groceries, yep. they pull up there and here somebody comes out of Walmart. I was talking to a girl that does that, shops in oh, Walmart yeah. for, you know, people send it to her and she shops. And she said it's as busy now as when the lockdowns were happening. So yeah. I've talked to people that during Black Friday, they said, oh, man, it, it was dead. It was like, you know, dead comparatively compared to what it was like a few years ago where on people are waiting, lined up around the businesses, you know, waiting to. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't. That didn't happen this year. I was so glad I was in the woods not dealing with that. Oh, yeah. 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 But no, people are are shopping online. Wow. And that's That's really, that's really hard on small businesses. And hopefully just not shopping at all with all these, this crap that people are buying that's, I mean, support good people, support people that support you support people that support america and god and and whatever it is whatever you believe in that's who you should be shopping with but just buying random crap off and amazon you know chinese plastic toys for kids and just clothes for you know just stuff you're just buying it because it's a present and i don't know i mean it's a good thing if you're buying it from from good stand-up companies but the majority of this stuff being bought is just supporting the enemy, the same people that are trying to control every facet of your your life. And, you know, we, we, we can end this thing really fast by just saying, you know what? I'm not going to buy any more of this junk. You know, I'm, I'm done with it. So I don't know. I hope these I hope some of these these uh, big companies take a hit just from people, you know, um, uh, rebelling against them by not su- buying crap off of them anymore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, another angle to that. I was talking to my parents, and they, you know, growing up, they didn't have the, me, when I was young, they didn't have the money to just buy as much stuff. So my dad, to this day, loves being able to get 
the grandkids what they need and be able to support that way. And that's kind of, you know, how he really shows that because he's not a man of many words. And, but then I was having the conversation with him. I said, look, we can't even like figure out a Christmas present. It's like some abstract thing the kids want. It used to be even just my generation, like, man, I need some shoes or a new sweater or jacket would be sweet. Like I'm stoked, you know, <laughs> oh, one yeah. basketball, you know, you're stoked. Underwear so and socks is what it I plays to your hand as well. Yeah. Like you just, anything you could get, right. There was obvious gifts because oh, yeah. people had needs. I'm like, man, we're at a different stage for a huge percentage of the population where that's not even the case. So if you're in that place, maybe think about reaching out to those that do actually, that are, you know, in need of whatever that is, underwear and socks. I mean, yeah, I'd rather do that than some oddball thing and teach my kids those lessons. Like, well, we're good. We're going to do um, some gestures mom. of appreciation for each other, but that's, that's a, it. That's you know? a good way to do it. Yeah. Right there, yeah. My, my favorite way, if you're going to do presents, and we're not huge, my, me and my family, we're not like Jehovah where we're like, no presents, but we, we usually tell people, hey, you know what, we got enough stuff. I mean, it just it kind of disgusts me to get all these presents, and it's a bunch of garbage that we don't need and it's just like i'm gonna give it away to the you know it's just like i don't want to go through and be fake and be like oh thanks for the stuff that we're gonna you know give to the goodwill or something <laughs> you know what i mean because it's just like we have everything you know we need and we have everything that we want you know what i mean yeah. for, for the most part i mean of course there could be some i mean i'd like to have an airplane and stuff like that but <laughs> you know within reason i'm just being real it'd be nice i would i would like to have an airplane i don't have an airplane but <laughs> uh what i was getting at is though is uh um some friends of mine what they do and i've done this before is um everybody puts their name into a hat right and, and you draw a name from that hat. So you put it all in there and then, mm -hmm. you know, everybody puts their name in there and then you draw a name out of there and whoever's name you draw, um, you, you actually have to make them a gift. So that for Christmas, you only make one gift. Yeah. You don't We've buy, done you, that can't, before. you cannot buy it. It has yeah. to be something that you made, but you only got one present you got to deal with. Everybody yeah. makes somebody one thing. And I don't know, that was my favorite oh, present yeah. type christmas low stress it's genuine you know yeah. whatever wherever whatever it is you come up with but we anyways. used to do that it, uh, yeah i i don't i'm i would hope i mean i would love to get to a place where we just didn't even do gifts at christmas either i mean i i'm all for little kids you know getting yeah. the whole santa claus experience and stuff but i'm i'm to the point too where if i if i want something i i go get it you know and it's super hard to shop for like like my mom is pretty well off and she definitely goes and buys whatever so it's yeah like, what am i gonna get her yeah. and she'll tell you i just talked to her on my drive up today and she's like hey man do you think you can make some time to get down here and hang out you know and she would much rather me take that it'll cost me with biden gas prices it probably cost me 500 dollars to drive down there and back you know? <laughs> oh gosh but uh to san diego yeah uh, with my dually but um i think that's more important really for, for and that is just the season a, we're in. I think we're getting the supply chain stuff. I'm like, good. Maybe, you know, we'll focus more in on the time with each other, the quality relationships, you know, the appreciation, the moments of sitting and reflecting where we're at. And, yeah, you know. I yeah. want my kids to get excited when they see the grandparents, you know, or their cousins. Or cousins. The, you know what I mean? They, yes. they get excited from that. They're not like, oh, what presents did you bring? 
You know, and I feel like oh, that it gets that, super dude, materialistic, that, oh, and it's gosh, like that's yeah. all. That's why we don't really do it because I don't want these gatherings to be based on presence and my kids thinking about material things. I want them to be excited um, to to be around the people during those times and enjoying the family. Yeah, it's the awesome simple to things. see that all those different. Go play bonds. frisbee or baseball or. Well, football. When I think back, you know, my parents or my grandparents that lived in San Francisco, and then all the cousins came, and they had this big basement where we all played games. And that's what I looked forward to. I'd like want to show my cousin, you know, I had this new pocket knife or whatever. And then it would just sit there and I'd just be playing the whole time. It was the bonding, getting oh, to know yeah. your family and, and enjoying each other. That we, was the most important. We got time for a couple quick videos. Sure. Yeah. Hey, can you pull the, the Austria one up? We got 11 D-line. minutes according to that clock. The way this guy breaks this down is, is how I feel. And I really like the way this guy puts it together. There was a protest in Austria. They're having really bad lockdowns there right now and uh can you start it over at i guess on two seconds but maybe go back to the beginning um anyways uh yeah so they're they're having really so bad lockdowns there. outlet can you give me a little background who's this or where'd this come from oh I'll, I'll be honest it was just something somebody sent me and i'm not quite sure i'm not even familiar with iconic uh the alternative but this it shows videos and i've read some other stuff there definitely was 200 to 350,000 people protesting on the same wow. day in uh, Austria. So and they are protesting a lockdown for the, from the virus? Yes, sir. Go That's ahead and it. play the video. It's pretty, it, it explains it really well. Yeah. Well, I joined uh, the demonstration um, in Vienna on Saturday, which was the biggest demonstration in the history of Austria. Um, we heard there there were about 200,000 people there. And apparently I have heard the police said that there were 350,000 people. So it was an, people coming uh, together from all areas and everyone's standing up right now. And uh, it just goes to show, um, as I like to point out, how do you know that an awakening is happening by seeing the quickening of the agenda? That's how it works, because um, it manifests as a loss of control of the ruling class that is really governing the country of Austria and also governing the entire world system. It certainly feels like that, that, that it's almost lashing out a little bit because it feels like the tide is turning. The polls say in Austria that it's 50-50 in terms of who agrees with the mandate and who disagrees with the mandate. Would you say that was an accurate figure from what you're seeing in the country? Well, I would never believe a statistic that I've myself uh, not checked. No. And the polls is just a, um, another indication of the public deception that is taking place every single second of our life. The, the key point in all of this is that it doesn't matter what the public thinks or what any mass, may that be 70%, may that be 30%, or may that be 99% think. It's about what you think. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. That was good. Heck yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, some, you know, to me, okay, how does that relate to me living in Palo Cedro? Okay. <laughs> you know? And it's the fact that it, it's not, if that ever came, that full lockdown, no way. Not in my city. You're not going to lock everybody down like that. It's going to be not good for no. anyone trying to do that. That's it. And then how that looks when it comes, if it ever does, I don't know, but we'll be on the winning side. That's what I know 100%. <laughs> I get excited when I see these 
hundreds of thousands of people coming together and, and just resisting tyranny. And some of these countries are worse off than we are, but man, we're not too far away. And I mean, one thing that sets us apart is we do have, you know, guns, but it, it also shows, you know, humanity is willing to push back. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, people are, are definitely pushing back and they're, they're, they're getting done. I mean, they're getting done being put in the pressure cooker and, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we're on the verge of losing everything, our humanity, our businesses, our families, our lives, you know, we're, we're, people are, it's push comes to shove. I mean, we're starting to shove back. Um, hey, pull that, uh, Australia one up. Let's, this stuff gets me pumped up. Hopefully this gets some of you guys pumped up. There was a massive protest in Melbourne, Australia, a couple days ago. If you're watching, um, wow. if you're listening, you can't see we're playing uh, the video that shows. I mean, it is it's massive. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people. When you look at the aerial pictures, they started down Burke Street. They made a bit of a U-turn back down Flinders Street, and they've ended this afternoon here at Treasury Gardens. They're protesting a lot of things. The pandemic bill, the controversial pandemic bill the state government's trying to get through Parliament. They're also protesting mandatory vaccines, vaccines in general, and... You guessed it, the Premier, Dan Andrews. I'm here for freedom, right? We all deserve freedom. The government works for us. Why are they doing what they're doing? And how can they justify it? It just should be a human choice to be able to say that we don't want to be vaccinated with a, something that's got a 99.7% recovery rate. It just should be a choice. As you can imagine, with a group this size, it's a range of people taking part. You can see that with the flags alone, Australian flags, Polish flags, Greek flags and US flags, to just name a few, almost matching the array of signs. Many emblazoned with Sack Dan Andrews and My Body, My Choice. And it must also be said, many attacking the media. We've seen a man punching a doll of Dan Andrews, while others are simply families. And that includes children. Uh, I'm just fighting for the freedoms of my kids. I want to come out, enjoy the day and enjoy the protests. There's people that are probably vaccinated, unvaccinated, business owners, non-business owners, fathers, mothers, kids, grandparents. This is people who just want their lives back. And you can bet your bottom dollar there'll be another disagreement on the size of the turnout. People here say it's in the hundreds of thousands. Authorities will estimate much fewer, but the pictures tell the story. Meanwhile, Pauline Hanson has joined protesters on the Gold Coast as anti-vaccine mandate demonstrations yeah, were held I mean, right across... I love that because it shows all the people, you know, and that's like who we have supporting yeah. the recall and, and the blueprint. But then you see the SAG B article that were extremist, white supremacist ties, just... It's just so inaccurate. Well, what God, the main is that a recent winner? Yeah, that was, I think, maybe two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, and they just, I mean... You know, because of Carlos's case, and then now we're all violent. You know, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're just—it's just pathetic. You know, well, I, I like that sign that said "Sack Danny." I think we should make some "Sack Gavin Newsom" T-shirts. <laughs> Heck yeah! And you know how the media will spin this one is—is is what what they'll do. Like probably the we're, we won't even hear about this stuff on mainstream media here in the U.S. I would imagine they wouldn't even talk about it but for at least the mainstream media over there that has to put it out there because people hear about it or whatever they'll take a picture of a small little group on a street you know on the outskirts and they'll show like maybe a group of 10 or 12 people and be like oh yeah a few people showed up to this protest you know what yeah. i mean they won't show the massive crowd of it they'll just be like oh look at the, at the side of this thing over here there's a few people over here on the on the street by themselves yeah i think that's what happened with this first day of the school walkout 
they kind of made it like it was this little hundred person little thing. Oh yeah, and it was hours with multiple speakers and thousands there. You know, was the reality exactly. they ran out of parking. And you'd <laughs> see that kind of stuff with like uh, when Trump got inaugurated, they would take like pictures of you know, in video of like before the event even started, before even anybody showed up hours before. And then they'd show like compared to like Obama during the, you know, which Obama was popular. I'm not going to, I mean, Joe Biden couldn't draw a crowd for nothing, but Obama, at least, you know, you, he was a smooth talker and, you know, you got the velvet glove with the iron fist. Most people thought he was more of a velvet glove guy, but anyways, um, yeah, they would show him at the peak hour of his event and then show, previous to before the event even started and be like oh look donald trump can't even draw a crowd yeah no you know not even on inauguration <laughs> no. no well what are, what are your what are your predictions with old with old jolt and joe oh gosh he can't he can't keep going on but man they're they're hiding kamala yeah when are. was the last time you saw her speak yeah. you know they're trying she's, to get her groomed but she's about she's just, and I don't know. She might. I don't know. She reminds me of a big bird or something with a head, you know, squawking. Yeah, maybe no, that's not she, nice to me, but that's just what <laughs> comes they, to mind. Well, they know she can't do it, and, and yeah, uh, they that she can't win in twenty twenty four, and Joe can't run again because he won't be able to run from the basement unless they get a couple new variants. I'll, I'll give you my prediction. Yeah, go. Okay, Hillary Clinton with Vice President Michelle Obama. There's my no, prediction. Oh, not Hillary, surely. No way. Hey, if you want my prediction, I'm throwing it out there, man. You got it on, oh, on gosh. the record. I know. As soon as I say uh, no way, though, it's all who knows. The it's truth Twilight is, Zone, is stranger know? than fiction. Yeah. Oh, man. So who's, you think Trump's going to run again? Uh, Yeah. I I think Trump will. I think he will run again. Yeah. yeah. Who, who Who's he going to pick for his? A vice president? Uh, If I had to take a guess, I'd say Ron DeSantis. Yeah, but good one. Christy, Ron, Christy Nome would be good too. Ron DeSantis hasn't um, actually said that he's not going to run for president, and he's all star material, also. You know, so it'd be it's it's yeah. nothing. Nothing's wrote in stone, and everything changes, and the geopolitics change, and every you know. So we 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 don't really know. We're kind of far out right now from from really seeing who is, you know, the globalists are going to put whoever they think is the best person for the job at the time, which I can't believe they. I, I really, that's something I was totally wrong about. I never thought Joe Biden could make it. I didn't even think he was actually going to, I thought he was going to drop out late in the race. He's um, just who they needed, though, so they could push I, their agenda. That middle know. of the aisle grandpa type. Well, he just until, doesn't know. Until he doesn't know what's happening to him. You know, oh, he yeah, just, he's just such a puppet. You, know, you see the other day he was reading the teleprompter. Oh, and, and at the and, end of it, he end goes, of quote. He, wrote, he read, okay, end of quote. <laughs> oh wait a minute! I wasn't supposed to say that part. <laughs> you know he don't he doesn't know where he's at. No, he doesn't. So. It, which is sad. I mean, we can laugh at it because that's a little easier medicine for it. But well, man, he's leading the free world. Yeah, that guy. That guy's been a been a scumbag gangster for a long time, though. Yeah, you know, making money hand over fist off off of his yeah. seat. So I, I don't feel bad for him. No, no. But I, you know, we're we're making good moves here. I think Shasta County band together. I think we are brothers sisters in arms standing to shoulder shoulder and just we keep are. keep pushing that common ground with people get off you yep. know the distracting conversations which yeah touch on them i'm not saying be a purist in one way or the other but talk about the common ground things keep that choice center focus you know the yep. amendment center focus you want to yell and scream about that i support that yep. and you support me too that's right and get off that 
distraction component, you know, and let's let's fight for our ground. Stay here and fight. Stay shoulder to shoulder. It's worthy ground, like you said. It's gorgeous, best climate you're gonna find. You know, good people, and and just we're gonna beat back the crooked ones a little bit and reestablish what we want. Here, here. Well, All thank, right. thank, thank you guys for watching Patriot State of Mind podcast. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.